Hi there, my name is Alex Faust, and you're listening to Conversations at the Edge. Each week, we meet with the top business thought leader to learn what they think we should be prioritizing to build better businesses, positively impact our communities, and scale up. Hi, everyone. Good afternoon, good morning, good night, depending on what part of the world you're joining us from. My name is Alex Faust, the host of Conversations at the Edge, and very excited to be here with Oksana Esperard today. She is a mental wellness expert, mindfulness and meditation coach, international speaker, and best-selling author of the book Next Level You. Uh, she's also the founder of Sattva Me, which is a global virtual training organization that's focused on stress management, mindfulness, and well- wellness for employees and business leaders. And she works with all different kinds of companies such as Microsoft, Sandworth Training, BuzzFeed, YPO, EO, uh, one of Growth Institute's partners, Petra Coach, and many others. And very excited to have Oksana join today, um, and especially because I've recently started my own mindfulness practice, so excited to hear how I can improve. And today, it's not just going to be about mindfulness and meditation, but holistically looking at um, you know mental health in the workplace. So Oksana, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, welcome. Thank you so much, Alex. You know, Oksana, I'm, I'm curious, as a leader, how can you know, we do a better job of identifying the mental health risks, not only for ourselves as leaders, but also for our teammates? Well, I would uh, piggyback off Joe's comments is, first of all, is checking in. It's communication. It's asking the team members. We know from personal experience that the times are tough right now, that this is not extraordinary situation that we are living in. But there is needs to be courage from the leaders to be able to hear that emotional feedback and be able to be emotionally available for their teams. And the reason why Joe is saying that many companies are not checking in, and there is a statistics to that, only about 30 to 40% of companies actually do check in with their teams right now. The majority are still keeping it as an annual HR function, and they're not really calling their teams, or they're doing it casually, and they're asking them, but then they don't do anything about the feedback. So there are two sides of it. Like it's not only asking is doing something with that information. And so, yes, as leaders, first of all, we need to open that communication, open that conversation, show that we care. And then most importantly, once we have that information, do something with it, help people on individual and professional level. And so I would say communication is number one that leaders must do right now. Do you have any um, tips or uh, suggestions on ways that leaders should be checking in with their team and, and taking note of um, you know, how they're doing? Are there communication tools or tips or you know, the right questions we should be asking our team? That's very individual for all organizations because it depends how big is your company. If the company is very small and they're you know, only up to 50 people on the team, then it's important to have personal contact and just ask them face-to-face and say, hey, uh, we all have leadership meetings, especially if you're a growth institute, you have huddles and rock habits and all that. There are a number of meetings where before every meeting, you can check in with a team and say, Thumbs up, thumbs down. It's something needs to be very, very simple. If you're a large organization that does not have that opportunity for face-to-face contact, then it's 
um, delegating to the departmental heads and making them check and the managers asking them and having that personal contact. On the whole company level, you can do a simple survey. And every time when we get a new client, we always do at least one or two questions of engaging and asking the whole team, the whole employees, what are you struggling with? And it could be a simple question. What are you struggling with? And labeling it saying, oh, what do you want more of? Reducing stress, overcoming fear and certain anxiety, problems with sleep, problems with digestive, family destructions. So you kind of, based on what industry you're in and and looking and observing the people, you can create that list of a few things and let people select, make it a multiple choice and make it anonymous. So people have that freedom and trust to, you know, openly share and not being afraid that there will be some repercussions for them openly sharing that they're stressed. So there's that other fear that we also need to mitigate here. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. Thank you. And, you know, what would be some of the costs of avoiding kind of talking about mental health issues and, um, you know, not addressing the feelings and emotions of, of our teams. Yeah, the cost is actually very high. And I am surprised as we started to work within this field of how companies don't pay attention. It could be anywhere from 13 to 86% of your company bottom line on the healthcare expenditure. And that varies, again, across the organization, that varies um, across what kind of medical benefits and plans do you have? Um, then there are like 30 to 40% of burnout costs of employees quitting because their mental pressure went so high that they no longer feel that they want to contribute for that organization, even though they're best players. Then there are costs of um, engagement. The employees just checking out. And now there are new reports and new studies among like this past couple of months from different organizations that are saying that employees just lose productivity time of one, two hours because they're battling with emotions. They don't know they, they cannot be productive just because they don't feel that they can concentrate. And then there are other costs that are not quantitative that don't really impact, um, that, sorry, that they impact the bottom line, but we cannot really put the money value. It's the loyalty, it's the trust, it's the being the brand ambassador for your organization, off work and in work. Would your employees recommend your company to others? Are they are are they buying your products and services as well? So there are all this kind of qualitative and quantitative measurements that impact that mental health can impact within organizations. And uh, yeah, as I, as I said before, I'm surprised that company not taking advantage of this kind of cost savings and opportunity to create that bond within the organization. So what are some of the biggest mistakes you see companies make if they're looking to encourage, you know, mindfulness and put in and put these types of practices into the workplace. I'm, I might be repeating myself, but it's standalone initiatives. It's this seminar, that webinar, this lunch and learn, that interesting event, this activity, which creates a lot of education and awareness around the things. But there is no opportunity. There's no consistency. There's no opportunity to practice. Um, how many times you've been to an event where you had a fire hose of information? It was all great. How much you actually implemented? How much actually you changed your life about? So I would suggest concentrating on 
having education, but it should be 10, 15% of your program. It shouldn't be all there is, but creating more opportunities to connect, practice, whether, um, whatever, whatever things that you consider well-being, whatever is appropriate for your organizational culture. So um, these are, this is probably the biggest thing when it comes to mental health. Um, and, and, and then it's the fear from the leaders and managers to drop down to the human level to hear and open a conversation that people are stressed. There's a big, big, big fear about it because it's taken away from productivity. It's taken away from taking care of the clients. It's taken away from customer service. But think about it. If your employee is stressed, what kind of customer service they give? What kind of productivity they do? What kind of results they're producing anyway if their head is occupied that their kid is not logging in right now to school Zoom meeting? Do you think they're really present with your customers? Like, you know, it's, um, it's kind of give and take. Um, if there's one thing, Oksana, that you want our audience to uh, take away from the session and conversation today, what would that be? Well, um, I want to address Andres' um, question here. He's saying, why it should be pleasant? Is it pleasant to go to the gym and grow muscles? Um, I'm talking about the end result, Andre, that when you actually do the practice, like for example, breathing techniques, some of them are really discomforting. So if going to the gym is discomforting, but at the end, if you're going to the gym and you're feeling better about yourself, that's what you should be doing. Um, if gym is not your thing, but running is, then choose running. If running is not your thing, but going for a walk in nature is, then choose that. Um, and that relates to what you ask, Alex, about what do I want to leave um, people with? And for me, it's um, a big, big shift in the priority to be mentally, emotionally, and socially well at any given day every day and so whatever it takes for you to get there to feel at least 70 percent and up of your day feeling uplifted energized just good okay not feeling that extra worry and anxiety all the time so if you can reach that number of 70 percent of up of feeling well that's what I want people to focus on. How do you get there is individual for everyone and what gives you joy and what gives you pleasure and what makes you productive and what makes you engaged in life. But making that focus and priority, if you can keep that up, everything else in life is going to get exponentially easier. No matter what life's going to throw at you, COVID or other things, you're just going to stay in your, in your balance, in your well-being. So I, I wish that for everyone to make it really a priority and, and put in time and effort into that. Thanks for listening to Conversations at the Edge. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share it with a friend or a teammate who you think would benefit from what we covered. In addition, you can find us on LinkedIn to get all of the updates. Or if you'd like to hear the full conversation, just visit growthinstitute.com forward slash the edge to learn how you can become a member as well. Thanks again and see you next time.